I am unashamed. What about you? Welcome back to Unashamed. Uh, we got Zach for a little while. He's in, Zach's already informed us he has to leave after the first break. Zach, you're a man on the move. That's all I can say. You just you're always a mover and a shaker. I think secretly you're creating one of my movie ideas, and you're figuring out how to make it your own. <laughs> he's got a he's so, got a team of writers. Is it Jason, the because... good zombies? Is it the revelation idea? Yeah. Uh, what was some of the other movies I had? Um, yeah. I don't know. I thought uh, you weren't yeah, writing them I, down. If I, if I do one, if if I do one, it's going to be the the revelation. I'm going to we're going to do a okay a uh, a new revelation movie. Well, I, when you do the horse scene, I, I would like to be a character riding one of the horses, preferably the white one or that red one. They you know yeah. what what is, wait a minute, which one is uh, what Tombstone say? What was that line? He quoted Revelation. Oh, yeah. He's, he'll be riding a pale white horse, and yeah. hell's yeah. coming with him. Yeah. But we won't have you to hear do me? that. Hell's coming with me. But he rode a black horse in the movie the whole time. That's why yeah, it was, was kind of weird. Cause he had a, remember, because he goes up, and the guy's getting his horse off the train, and he whipped that yep. horse, and then he took that, that whip and whipped him. He said, hurts, don't it? Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, he did. But that, he that's got to be the most... That's got to be the most quotable movie of all time. It is. And it's funny. You'd think you wouldn't want to watch a movie that you quote all the time, but I can't help myself. When it's on, I'm I'm watching and I'm quoting. I do too. One of my favorite movies. It is. Oh, it's got me in trouble. You're not wearing a muscle. Yeah, it's gotten me in trouble a few times. Yeah, I know. So, um, did you tell anybody about our our little secret last night? Did you reveal that to your guest or since some of them are in the room <laughs> well the uh my guest i have a family that's really close to me and uh we just we formed a bond over i guess we can tell that story because later we may have a guest appearance that's right we have a surprise guest in a few moments once but happens. the lovely wife well, my, i, I did my. tell her because she didn't when when this eating happened because last night was meatloaf because Missy's meatloaf, I mean, it. it's interesting. When we talked about the Christmas episode, Zach, one of the reasons you gave Missy the possible thumbs up for the Christmas episode and pulling off the famous crawfish pies mm-hmm. that yep. Miss K makes was you brought up that meatloaf. Oh, it wasn't one of the reasons. It was the reason. <laughs> it was the well, only reason. Now, look, was, we've talked a lot on this. It was the sole reason. Podcast, although it is one of the greatest things you'll ever eat, there is a catch. And I tried to warn the male members of this family that was staying with me. That looks like that's way too much because they had five times a helping that I had. Well, knowing this family that you have over five times more than what you would normally cook is about right. No, on their plate, yeah. I, I fixed my plate and I, I eat, you know, pretty good. Yeah. They had five times the helping. The poor plate, you felt sorry for it because you but thought. To Al's point, but to Al's point, the patriarch of this family that you're talking of, said family, uh, this man can eat. I, I, I've never, I mean, the only guy that can come close is Christian uh, Huff, but I'm not even sure that he can. He's not quite there, he, but he is in the neighborhood. You know how you get He's a square of lasagna, like in a square, you know, like a, you know, like a man sized square. This man ate four. Squares at, at oh, my yeah. house. He's yeah. a, I mean, that's impressive. It's like 
I, uh, yeah, I don't know how he lived through the process, but so so yeah, yeah it was so so. And, my, and Missy's meatloaf is just as good as mom. So she's pull, she nails the meatloaf. Fantastic. So I mean, I know you know if you're following along on the podcast, days go by before we get together and do podcasts, then days are released. So so I you know we had we were we actually did a Christmas episode in Nashville, Tennessee. For, for and, your treasure show. And we just acted like it was Christmas. We just did Christmas, and they filmed it. Well, it is December, so you're getting exactly. I mean, you're in the month. You're in the month. Everybody Close knows enough. when you have a holiday episode, you had to film it for Yeah, them. we're not doing the Christmas episode live. I hate to have a spoiler alert here. <laughs> spoiler alert. It we're, must be edited. We're not filming the actual Robertson family. Christmas. So, But here's the key thing. Before I tell you how this turned out, when I told my wife that I had shared this story on the podcast, and I said we all went around and see, I wanted to know this. Yeah, placed our thumbs up or thumbs down on whether you could pull this off. Well, she she perked up then, and she said, "Well, what did Phil say?" <laughs> and I said, "He actually said, don't don't doubt her. I, I think yeah. she can pull." We it were off. all three very positive, and she was like. Are you serious? She's like, he supported me in this? And I don't know if it was some kind of intervention. You may have broken that shrimp scare from 30 oh, yeah. years ago. That was, I a, felt that was like, a generational curse was broken in that moment. That's healing. That what we call, it was that's like, it, man. The curiosity turned into some kind of intervention, counseling. So right now, uh, my wife, she is looking at you very favorably, you know, that you supported her and was believing in her. And so I would tell you how it turned out. Dad's got the cigar store in Inland. <laughs> yeah, how did it turn out? Because you, you guys made the pies, right? So what, I didn't realize the last the... time we had this discussion, you already knew how it was going to turn out. No, so, I do now. So what oh, we do right now. Okay. Yeah, I do now. And so I, as much as I would like to tell you, I feel like I should take this opportunity to tease to say this is well worth the watch. This is Gotta a watch the show. Yeah. So December seventeenth, you will have the opportunity. It's, if it's you own Big cable, Fox, right? Fox you, yeah, Big Fox. Ten, so we're ten that that'd be about ten days from ten now. Ten days from now. Find now, out. Now I will say this how the crawfish pie turned out is the undercard. And it's spectacular. So there's a bigger message. The- there is a bigger message, and for the first time in my TV career, I felt like this episode, the way it turned out, especially because Jesus is not only involved, but is the focus. I, I'm really proud of this. Well, I tell you what, I, yesterday's funny, that I didn't know we were going to talk about this today, but I watched the, the Christmas tree lighting that they do every year on Fox. They do it on the five, and I watched it last night. And I was so impressed, not with the Fox people. I mean, that was all okay. But they had a they had a Baptist preacher pray, and then they had a Jewish guy just speak. And, of course, you know, with everything going on with Israel. But his stuff was so good. And then they had the, the uh, Catholic Cardinal of New York. But all three were outstanding. And I was just, I was so impressed that they took 10 minutes on the air at 5 o'clock in their biggest show on their program, on their whole network, and we're giving glory to God from three different groups. And all of it was very unifying in its tone. But so just to say, now this episode is going to be on that same thing. So, you know, hey. So, that's, that's so wait for it. 
the last five minutes, I thought, I think the Lord just intervened because I don't want to take credit for it because I was, I was kind of amazed. We just did Christmas. I mean, our show, contrary to what, you know, you would think is there's no script and we just did what we do and they filmed it and put it together. But I really think this will excite you and inspire you and people who don't know Jesus or never considered Jesus. I think in this moment, this, this could be a moment. Yeah. It was really good. That's good. And the crawfish pie, I'll just say, watch and see how it turned out. <laughs> Cause it was, it was, it was Roman gladiator. It was Roman gladiator style. You know what I mean? It so was just clarify. You're not going to even tell the three of us. You're, are no. you, is that what that's what, they so said, watch the show. <laughs> no, I want you to watch it. Watch it. What else you got to do? <laughs> December 17th. What's going on? It's a Sunday night. There you go. I'm going to be watching Duck Family Treasure. Great cooking is always, to, to, get, to end up with great cooking, cooking has to be critiqued. Well, we critiqued it. it. So the great chefs of the world from time to time, the big dogs, they get about the 10 that are known to be in that business. And they each cook the same thing. Yeah. They all, the 10 of them cook, all right, some kind of roast. So they cook it, some kind of deal. And they all 10 then eat it. Yeah. Well, then they vote on it. Right. And the, if the vote comes out, you know, six or better, seven, whatever, yeah. majority rules, they, they take that to heart. Yeah. Well, see, so the power. That's basically what the Robertson clan does. Critique it, because if you don't, and you brag on bad cooking, or you just shut up and just eat it and throw up later. I mean, you're better off to critique it and say, "Let's." Uh, yeah, you don't have to I, give a thumbs up I, or thumbs down about, if the table immediately nah, starts gagging. Throwing up later. Then that was. But I will say, I got I got I got to give you credit, Uncle Phil, because when I got married, um, that was probably the one piece of advice you gave me that has stuck in my crawl. And you, you said it, if you compliment bad food, then that's what you'll get the rest of your marriage. And so, yeah, we, and if we you brag on early. bad food, that guarantees you're going to get, you're going to have it cooked like that. Guarantees. So we implemented early in our, in our marriage, both of us. So we're going to have an open dialogue about, about this. And we're going to, we're going to properly critique and, and, and the cuisine has gotten way better over the years. You know, we, we, we keep, we keep changing things. Well, I think what happened was, because I asked Missy, I was like, look, because I could tell she was kind of nervous about this, because we've already agreed, good or bad, we're, we're going with it. I mean, if it's not good, it just didn't work out. And she's like, I'm not sure I'm ready to do this on national television. I was like, well, you need to make that decision. So she said, good or bad, I'll do it. No matter how it turns, because that is a lofty thing in our oh, family. It's, I mean, it's, it, it is like part of the top five holy dishes of the spiritual season. <laughs> I mean, it is fantastic. Mm. Because to feel if you would have really wanted to up the ante, you would have had Dad on as a special guest as the critiquer. Now, that would have been dr high drama. Well, they, through the power of editing, you know, they set this thing up because I was nervous for her. And I thought, I'm just going to tell it like it is. And so. You were going to play the role of Dad. I mean, it's drum roll. It's here we play go. Play the role play, of Phil, BJ. You could tell Missy's a little nervous, and it's like, you know, 
what are we going to have here? It's the ultimate cliffhanger. We had a woman introduce us at an event recently, and I had done their premarital counseling like 15 or 20 years ago. And so when she introduced Lisa and I to come up and speak, that she's the one that got us to come there. She said, you know, um, Mr. Allen was doing our premarital. We were young. We were so excited. I couldn't wait for his words of wisdom. And the first thing he said in the counseling was, Austin, whatever you do, if if Kelly serves you bad food, don't compliment it because you're going to eat bad food the rest of your life. I gave dad's line as my own. She said, I was so disappointed. <laughs> Well, what's funny? I said, but yeah, but has it worked out? I mean, you guys have an opener. She said, ah, actually, you were right. But I mean, it was just, I was expecting like all these, you know, flowery pearls of wisdom out of a book. Instead, they got, don't compliment bad food. You'll get it the rest of your life. Which, well, I actually that, which is a true statement. So what's funny is Missy's like, well, are you nervous about it? And I was like, well, no, but I'm nervous for you. I said, but they just asked me to do a one minute speech before we do this meal. And I was like, and I told her what I was thinking. She said, no, that's way too complex, way too deep. And then she gave me a one-minute speech about not really what I should say, but just about the season in general. And I was like, well, that's what I need to say. <laughs> so I really, when you watch this, because two minutes later, I gave that speech. Yeah. And it was basically because I was moved so much by what my wife said about the way I should have been thinking of the simplicity of what we have in Jesus. I want to give her credit well, for that. Well, I've already decided after this episode airs, we're having Missy on the podcast because I want to get her. Um, oh. I want to get her version of it. Plus, I just yeah. like watching Jay squirm on the yeah. podcast with Missy's own, which is fantastic. All right, we're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, we have a special guest. We've been the Lou. He's been listening in to all this. Uh, the big eater himself, Mr. Trent Langhoffer, is here. So we'll see him and have him set and up. And let me say, before we break, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bolt. So uh, tell tell the, the, the man not to not to bash me when I'm not here <laughs> since I was throwing him under the bus for um, oh, I'm eating sure, too much. I'm sure nobody so will. Wait till I get back, and then he can throw me under the I'm bus. I'm sure nobody will throw you under the bus. Though. Well, come back and see us, Zach. Y'all never do that when I'm not around. All right, let's take a break. So it's uh, officially the holiday season, and uh, you know we're always thinking about getting that gift that our kid or our grandkid's going to love. Unfortunately, most times gifts are just a, you know, you open them, it's one and done, that's it, it's over. But we've got a great idea, um, and it's an idea from Brave Books. It's called the Freedom Island Book Club, where that you get a gift every month. Every, a book's going to show up at your house, it's going to be something you can enjoy and really get the whole year uh, out of that one gift. And Jace happens to know one of our brave book authors well before there were cell phones or as phil calls them cellophones <laughs> there were parents telling stories to their kids mm -hmm. and families and we we're storytellers and and kids love to listen to stories and my wife she is a beautiful story writer mm -hmm. and why not have books that embrace godly values and that are good. Yeah, that are exactly. And the, and the good thing is one of these will come to your house uh, every month. So it's kind of the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, and you'll get to have like Christmas morning uh, 12 times a year, which is fantastic. A lot of people you'll recognize. Kirk Cameron was on our podcast recently. He's written a book as well. So here's what you do. 
subscribe to the Freedom Island Book Club at bravebooks.com right now. This is a great gift item to give uh, to someone in your family so that they can get these. Uh, you'll get Brave's newest book for free for a limited time when you subscribe. Use the code UNASHAMED to get 20% off your subscription. That's bravebooks.com. Use the code UNASHAMED for 20% off your subscription. Welcome back to Unashamed. Uh, we jettisoned Zach, and we've brought the brain power up some by bringing in Mr. Dr. Trent Langhoffer. I was going to say Mr. Trent. <laughs> well, we need Trent. to get convinced Trent to stay on for another podcast since he's we're celebrating Thanksgiving together. Yep. And have Zach so they can use these words that I've never heard of. And so this is so, so Trent. So we uh, Maddie got uh, Maddie and Alex got Jace this because we make fun of Zach for using big words all the time. But I, I just thought about when you sat down because you were a preacher for a few years, and Trent did a lot of like bad pun preacher jokes as part of his stick, and it was really funny because he was like funny by being not funny. Yeah. So it made you laugh. It was a, it's a it's an old laughter as a result of pity. Exactly. That's, that's it's kind of a Johnny. It Carson always works. Right. Every time I because most of the time when I say something that people laugh at, I'm gonna have a confession here. I was not trying to be funny. <laughs> and so I'm shocked that they're laughing. So I'll say, Why are you laughing? which gets another laugh. So right. You're looking now, all around saying, Who are they? What, yeah, what, what was well, I'm looking down to make sure, you know. I got my pants zipped up or whatever. You know, I figure I'm doing something stupid. But then when I try to be funny, most of the time, they, they don't laugh. They don't laugh. And so then I say, well, I thought that was funny. But then they laugh. It's the same concept. Yeah. It's a pity laughter because my joke was so funny to me, right. but it wasn't funny. Exactly, which and, is what I used to do. So, so they, we play this whenever Zach does a word, but I thought about this could work well for your jokes. <laughs> That's you about right. That's one of those. It works. Yeah, so it yeah works. I use that from time to time. Like when Zach says, uh, he asked me how a fella viewed uh, dispensationalism. And it was just... Crickets. I thought, is that a disease? It sounds too complex for a it disease. It sounds like it's painful. Right, for it's sure. A, and the fact that it just rolled off his tongue, he had practiced saying that. Oh, yeah. You could never oh, use he that. he has some with more syllables than that. You Trent. could never use that in a Scrabble game, which is my limit. So when Trent- Seven letters or less. Seven letters, eight possibly if you made it plural, because then you could use all your words, I mean all your letters right. and get 50 points. But if it's over eight, eight letters, I'm really not interested. I think that's on you. You should have shortened it and made it more simple. So you're saying the Scrabble people had it about right. They got it about right. That should be the rule that for all it. English vocabulary and interaction. And then Willie spent two years studying the dictionary for all words that had high-value numbers on the letter on yeah. the Scrabble wow. board. In short words, mm -hmm. see, because you got to X I, because to to really score. So right. he studied. He became. He got to where he won all the time because yeah. he had memorized all these short words with the high numbers on the tile. Because so, X I is a Greek letter. 
Yeah, that's exactly mm. right. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a fish. It was a word. It was in the Scrabble dictionary. Of course, we had to fight over which dictionary we used. It was, it was a, quite the. Childhood. That sounds intense. Quite this yeah. intense childhood. It's why it's why I don't really play games anymore. It's just it's not any fun if it's not right. a blood sport, right? <laughs> so yeah, see, it's like jaw. J A. Have you ever said that? It's German for yes, but <laughs> sure. it'll get you to use your J in multiple ways on a Scrabble board. So, because you, you, right. at the end, you run out of places, uh, so you got to stick. You see that. what I mean? So, if you can find a place where there's two A's and you can sneak that J right there on a triple letter, you're going to get that twice. I will be a better Scrabble player as a result of our time. See, you would together. come in and you'd be pretty good. You have a nice uh-huh. vocabulary, and you would think, "Oh, I'll do pretty well at this." But then you would sit Somebody down plays with a us. Jaw. Oh, and then they're a just jaw. doing all these X I's and J A's, and you're like, "Nope." These are eight. So if you got a triple letter, that's eight 20, times three, 24, 24 twice, because you went jaw 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 jaw. So that's yeah, yeah. 50. Okay. You get Which one is more than you eight. get for doing your Have you ever seven. played Scrabble? <laughs> I, not with guys like you. It see, humiliates low, me. I try to see as low IQ as I am. See, you get Trent's me on a Scrabble like, board and I'll I'll just I'll Trent I'll played Scrabble at the level of like at the when you're at a cookout and they say, Hey, you want to go play some volleyball till the burgers are ready? That's a game. Exactly. And then you've got the game the way we used to play it, where people were hurt. At the end of it, like I want to walk away from every game of Scrabble I play <laughs> uh, on my yeah. own two feet. I was sitting there, and Dan came up to me, and uh, and he said, "Take a look at this." And on the little device y'all carry around, these little cell phone things they call them, and on that it was a picture of me, and I was just walking, and they said, "Not woke." That that was the I love that not not woke. But Phil didn't know what that meant. No, I said because Dad's like I'm awake. I'm awake. I'm awake. I mean, he's he's awake. He's not woke. That's (laughs) right. He's not woke. That's great. But I thought, boy, now that's that's the kind of information that's being filled into Mm. young people's heads. Think about it. New words are popping up each month we live. We they they come up with another word, and everybody one of them is computers, cell phones. What in the world does that mean, really? Yeah, and then they changed the meaning of it. So, Trent, since we we talked, you were listening. So, since we talked about your uh, eating acumen, which is you've had a long, because you were you were here. How long were y'all? How many years? Ten were, years. Ten years yep. here in West. Twenty ten to twenty twenty. Twenty five. So when you were fifteen. Yeah, that went by like lightning. Well, I all had to do is look at his son, yeah. and I realized that because his son was, is fourteen, and it's just a beast yeah. of a man. He's He's taller than all of us. And continues the Langhoffer eating tradition, from what I hear. Of course, he's not sure what he's eating, because he (laughs) told me y'all had pork chops last night. (laughs) Pork chops, uh, meatloaf. You said meatloaf, and I was like... Hey, Adrian, that's a whole different genre. <laughs> Not even because oh, I was well, like, did Jace fry them up? And he said, no, Miss Missy made them. I said, huh, Missy made pork chops, huh? I, she I, does. She does make those. Yeah, pork well, chops at least like does Kay too. does. But I think when you're 14, it really it's more about the quantity than exactly what it is. So my, my my favorite Trent, of course, the I mentioned that the lasagna. Lisa made lasagna one night, and he just best lasagna I've ever had really to good. this day. And he he destroyed it. It was so good. And Lisa does make a good one. But my favorite one is we were having a staff meeting back when we worked together. We only worked together a little while because then I left, and Trent took over. But we were having this meeting, and it was a lunch meeting. And so it was, you know, we were thirty minutes an hour away from the lunch getting there. But we we're talking and. 
So Trent starts breaking out Tupperware containers, and I'm watching him, and people are just talking, you know. And I said, uh, I saw him getting it out, and I mean, he had a big old huge, like, ribeye steak in there and some other stuff, big old potato. And I was like, uh, Trent, did they not tell you we're, we, we ordered food? It'll be here in about 30, 40 minutes. He said, oh, yeah, I know. You know, this is called the undercard. This is the warm it's a meal before the meal. This is, it was an appetizer. Exactly. It was a twenty-two ounce ribeye steak <laughs> right. with all the trimmings, and he ate the whole thing. The food shows up forty-five minutes later, and he does the full deal. Got to lock in, power through. <laughs> but you told me something one time because we got to be good friends in your ten years, mm-hmm. and uh, not that we have a whole lot in common, Trent. Right. Uh, you didn't hunt We were talking about that the back, other night. Back then, uh, I guess we got awesome wives, and uh, we love Jesus. And so Trent would pose as my bodyguard at some mm-hmm. events that we did, because he's got the look. <laughs> and uh, now the skills, you you were actually- uh, He was an MMA fighter I, for I one d- fight, right? I did fight in one professional cage fight. The way that I tell the story is- You ended a champion. You, right? can, you can tell based on how that fight turned out. Uh, you, uh, you can tell based on my career choice or, or my uh, profession how that fight turned out. So I, I got beat up for yeah. three rounds. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't a knockout. Didn't, I didn't get knocked out. Yep, thankfully. Apparently, yeah. I really do have a hard head. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but got beat up really bad for three rounds, and my beautiful bride, Kirsten, said, it's either this or me. Easiest decision I've ever made in my whole life. <laughs> Hung up the MMA so gloves thought, for a life of ministry. if I hang around and you take these sort of beatings, yeah, you're not going to be good I don't have much. that many more beatings <laughs> left yeah, in You never me. really that's think exactly about right. that in the movies. What yeah. is the wife thinking while you're just being pummeled? Getting beat She's like, up. you know, come on. There's got to be another way to turn <laughs> to a humiliate yourself, right? <laughs> so he did have that. Yep. As a, so he did know how to fight, but he wasn't really. He didn't have. Did he have a weapon? I did not have a weapon, but I would have jumped in front of you and someone else. I could have at least bought you he's some time. Yeah. I could have bought you he some time. He was going to practice. The, <laughs> That's right. He's a, he's a large man. But he told me one thing. You know, but and you can you can tell us your story. That I've heard, and we were talking about it in the duck blind today, yeah. just uh, randomly. But he said something one time that when you were not with the Lord and on drugs and all, you were real skinny. Yeah. And you said, "If you ever see me real skinny, come talk to me." Yeah. So every time I right. see you, I'm like, "Yes, he's doing. He's doing, he's doing great. A little still, bit on the still thick, Let's heavier take, side. Let's That's take right. another break." So we're heading to the new year, which uh, always is the time we think about being a little more healthy, a little more energetic in 2024. Zach, I know that you're always thinking about shaving a few of those unwanted pounds like me. Oh, yeah. Uh, Always working on it. So the new year usually brings that. So if you've been dealing with low energy brain fog or you've gained a few extra pounds, the issue might be your liver. Did you know that, Jay? I didn't, but yeah, please most, tell me more. Most or it could be that you're nearly 80 years old. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> that's that's a, a thought. That, that, is a, that is a thought. So your liver is super important for staying healthy. It does more than 500 important jobs. Um, you got to help it run faster because one in three Americans are now living with sluggish, fatty liver, and that's not good. So you don't want to feel tired and sleepy. You want to be energetic, fired up for the new year. So one thing you can do is check out Liver Health Formula. Uh, I have. It's helped me tremendously. My numbers are back in line. 
It has 11 powerful botanicals that help recharge and protect your liver. Get it today and get a free bottle of blood sugar formula to help reduce your sugar cravings as well. Go to getliverhelp.com unashamed to claim your free bonus gift. Don't miss this chance to start the year feeling your best. That's getliverhelp.com unashamed. So I want to tell before, because I want Trent to tell a story. I, I, we did a little bit. Uh, the, he was on before, but you were zooming in, and we talked about a lot of other stuff. So I want, I want you to tell your story today because it's amazing. But one of the, I want to tell how, how Trent, how I met Trent. He was he was here in school to get his doctorate in counseling. Yep. And so I didn't know him well, but I kept hearing good things about he and his family. They kept saying there was this young family and. They 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 were here, and so you were actually now just a few months away from finishing. So you'd been, mm-hmm. been around for a year or two, and so I had not met you, or maybe we had met, but I didn't know you very well. And so we did this marriage class, and it was some of the same people we did marriage retreat mm-hmm. with: Joe Neal and Tommy Emmons, awesome. and you know all of our marriage crew. And so they said, you need to get Trent to speak. And I said, oh, really? And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, I think he'll do a good job. So so I'm setting up the class, so I have Trent in the lineup. So Trent gets up. Well, I'm blown away. I mean, he is talented speaker. And it just shot me because I didn't know him. So I was like, how's this guy like he's been around here? Like, So I'm just you know curious. And so he speaks, does a great job. And so Tommy Inman is sitting next to me, and Tommy was supposed to teach the next week. Well, I wanted to see if – like this was just a he was a one hit wonder, yeah. Or he could pull it off. So I'm in. I'm always in talent search. You know, I was working for the church. Then I leaned over and told him, and I said, "You're out next week." <laughs> and Tom was like, oh, what? "What? What? What happened?" I said, "We're going to have to see if this guy can pull it off on short notice." So that was his your first test, yeah, which you never right. knew. Yep. Was would he say yes? Yeah. The next week he did. Got back up the next week, even better. So after that one, I told Trent, I said, Trent, I said, why don't you come by my office one day this week? I'd like to visit with you, find out what your plans are. And you came by. Yep. We, you told me a little bit about your story then, and then I heard more about that later from Bonnie Phillips, which is kind of yeah. amazing because she was your counselor. Yep. And, you know, you told me you were going to Kansas. You kind of had it lined up. You were going to be associate pastor under Kirsten's grandpa. Yeah, that's right. Cause you had a job set up and I was like, well, that's all great. Cause I said, I would never want to keep you from doing what God's leading you to do. You bet. But after you being here and finding out a little bit more about your story, if something ever happens, you know, you do decide to make a change somewhere down the road. I said, just, I would love it if you called me and say, Hey, where are you guys at? Cause I said, I just think you would be an amazing fit yeah. with our church. And so a few months later, before you ever left, Things changed they with did. that situation. And you said, were you serious about that? That's exactly <laughs> I was like, right. yeah, I was serious. I said, now look, yeah, this is just wow. me. We got a whole leadership here. I said, but I would love to work something out. Yeah. Well, we did. And Trent wound up coming on our staff, and he wound up being our pastor and preaching for several years. So, so what y'all didn't know, either one of you, is that after he spoke that Sunday, because I didn't know y'all were doing the marriage thing. Yeah. I wrote a note to every pastor who who wasn't currently speaking. Yeah. Because I didn't want to hurt their feelings. <laughs> and he's my brother and the other guy. <laughs> and uh, I said, y'all need to hire this guy. Man. Well, there you go. Wow. So I guess it worked. There were a lot That's of things really cool. working in your favor, Jim. <laughs> God showed me so much favor down here. Uh, one of the when most. I, when I called, when we were then life. going to hire you and when you you know came to work for us, I called Bonnie because she was the only person 
And this is Bill Phillips, my best man at my wedding. It's his He's wife. He's now right? known as W.E. Changed right. his name. And so um, I called Bonnie and I said, tell me about Trent Langhofer because we're thinking about hiring him. I said, do you think that's a good call? And she, she just, she didn't say anything. She was just silent for like an awkward minute. And I thought, uh-oh, this is something bad. I'm thinking bad. And then she starts talking and her voice is breaking. Mm. And, you know, she's in tears. And then I'm like, are you okay? And she said, I just, th- the fact we're having this conversation is such an amazing gift from God. Yeah, miracle. Yeah, miracle. And she said, this man. And then she went mm. to tell me all the great things about what God mm. done in your life. So that's my setup. For you to tell us uh, what got you to the point where then you would be with us for those ten years. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a quite cool the story. story. It really if I is. break in for a break, just you know, keep going. That's great. Um, yeah. So, I, my, Alan, my story is really a modern day miracle. I think for your audience, you know, my hope would be that if anybody out there is still struggling in addiction or with a mental health issue or really any other thing imaginable, um, there really is hope in Jesus Christ. And if Jesus Christ can transform my life, any life on the planet can be transformed. I was definitely the definition of a hopeless case. Um, And so I'm thankful, you know, and God has consistently, I'm excited to get to share this with you guys today, but God has really consistently just shown me favor time and time and time again. And so even if you're not struggling, you know, for some people in your guys's audience, you're a Christian, you've been serving Christ for years and you just feel beat up and road weary, uh, hold on, you know, keep fighting, uh, keep the faith, stay hopeful. Um, Galatians 6, 9, I have had come to pass in my lifetime and time again, do not grow weary in doing good for at just the right time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. So please, if you're out there and just battling through anything, do not give up. Uh, God is faithful and you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Uh, I'll share some of my story. So my early childhood experience was traumatic. I could get into, you know, specific details, but um, so I'll mention this. My uh, current vocation right now, I'm a professor at Colorado Christian University in their graduate counseling program. And I oversee a counseling agency um, that Colorado Christian University started to provide students in their graduate counseling program with the opportunity to get their direct contact with client experience that they're required to get before they graduate. So they, they, they brought you in. Right. Literally hired you to begin this Just whole thing. To launch so that you, agency. You, you were their guy. Let's, let's yep. take another break. Zach, it's pretty amazing that uh, the blind was only supposed to last a week in October, but in many theaters, uh, actually, it went into November, uh, which is is pretty amazing, right? I mean, people yeah. really love this film. They did. It, it was it far exceeded our expectations. So yeah, we're excited. So, Dad, I don't know if you remember this. You said if the blind could help one person come to Christ, it would be worth it. But I think it's done a lot more than that. What do you think? I think that I was not thinking large enough and I did couldn't <laughs> see the power of God that can happen in a heartbeat. You mm. can look up and say, Whoa, that's what I got out of this one. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
now we're getting somewhere. The, my very prayer was answered when I said, you know, I've been at this 28 years, you know, you know, I'm almost 70. I said, I, numbers, Lord, would make, I know the power's there. I know you love us, but, but the numbers, but, and so I just looked up and the numbers started coming in. I said, oh, he's, he's there. And I mean, he moved them on this one. He definitely moved them. There's been stories coming in from all around the world. Uh, of how people's lives have been changed. Yep. And the good news is we're making a shift now uh, into the digital world where people can have it in their homes uh, to be able to watch. So it's out now. One of the places that you can get the same platform that hosts all of our content is Blaze TV. Uh, you don't have to be a subscriber to Blaze TV. Just go to blazetv.com slash the blind and you can buy the digital version of the movie. If you buy now, they're also going to give you a code where you can get 20% off Unashamed, In the Woods, and the Blind merch only in Blaze TV store. So there's a little bonus on top of that. These guys have been great uh, supporters of us and helped us get the word out. So we want you to check these guys out. Go to blazetv.com slash the blind to watch the blind today. It's more than a movie. So yeah, uh, Colorado Christian University hired me to launch an agency. Uh, my family and I moved to Colorado Springs in March of 2020, a really <laughs> convenient time to relocate a family. In case you've <laughs> forgotten, that's when the pandemic that's began. That's exactly right. So you basically moved to Colorado and just... Stayed at the house. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> started working for me. It was, it was crazy. I've been in counseling for over a decade at that point, and I knew how to launch a counseling agency, but I had no idea how to do that during COVID. Yeah. And so I, I'm praying and terrified and developed this little elevator pitch that I sent to every church and parachurch organization in my local community. And what was really interesting is that every leader of every church and parachurch organization was doing what I was doing. They're sitting at home, not really sure what they should be doing, kind of cruising mm -hmm. social media. And so I slid into the DMs of people who had time to talk and they wanted to meet via Zoom. And so again, God's timing really is perfect. There wasn't a better time in recent history to launch an agency uh, like the Community Counseling Center at CCU just because of how inflamed underlying mental health issues became and how available people were, yeah. you know, for the first six months of COVID. So, um, I launched that agency. We now have 27 providers. We see about 200 families a week. And I, you know, I would like to think I'm not the worst counselor on the planet, but God, God really does show favor to his people. Yeah. And, um, there really are not that many, Christ-centered, people-loving counseling agencies on the planet. So we try to really, really love Jesus in everything we do and really love people. And those are the people that changed my life, yeah. people that really love Jesus and were unapologetically committed to the gospel, and and people that really loved the the group of people on the planet that are tough to love. Yeah, that's uh, how we got to be friends. That's right. We, we share that. Yeah. Uh, so I think God puts you in that situation, too, just because now we have this identity crisis in our country. And they're starting, you know, younger and younger as You're we right. go along. Maybe the cell phones are contributing to it or, you know, whatever. But 
I mean, there's definitely a need when you have gotten that many people involved in such a short period of time. No question. Well, and I do think, and this is just anecdotal, I don't have any you know, data to back this up, but from two guys I know, you being one, Trent, Kevin Neiman is another one, Yep. Uh, who came through the same program Love you Kevin. did, worked with us, worked in our Christian Counseling Center in West Monroe, and now has an amazing practice in Tulsa. You bet. And is doing great things. But both of you guys are two of the best I know, who I you know recommend highly. And But you both went through experiences that made you want to do this because of your own rescue. And it was the no same question. with him. You know, he went through a traumatic divorce and had never, you know, knew how he was going to survive that. And that led him to want to help people and especially couples. So, you know, I, I just think it is interesting that, that your life experiences and your rescue and, and restoration uh, seem to have a lot to lead you into what you're doing now. No question. Yeah. And so I'll back up, you know, my, um, Early life, I have some traumatic experience. And in mental health counseling, which this is what caused me to kind of chase that rabbit trail and share with everybody what I'm up to now. Uh, In mental health counseling, when people go through early life adversity, um, the result is what we would call the vulnerable host phenomenon. There's some of those seven-letter Scrabble vulnerable host phenomenon. So vulnerable in, in host everyday Jace language, that means you're you went through a lot. Vulnerable. <laughs> That's right. And something happened kind of out of your control. That's exactly right. There you go. All right. Well, I got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So human beings are designed by God to compulsively seek relief from pain. And we understand that instinctively, right? You touch a hot stove and what do you do? You pull your hand away from the stove. You don't have to think consciously about the transfer of kinetic energy through the phospholipid bilayer of my skin, making contact with the nerve endings in my finger that transmits an action potential to the pain sensing region of my brain. If you do think about <laughs> that, that means, let me translate. <laughs> Can you that. translate that? Yes. That's what I don't know. Yes. I heard phospholate. In no, there somewhere. You, you ready? Phospholipid bilayer. Phospho, yeah, you ready for yeah. the translation? <laughs> Ow. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's right. That's what I, that's what I meant. So like to say. when I was telling you my story, we had an interesting conversation. Because, you know, when you go duck hunting, you get up at 3.55, and legal shooting hours is not till 6.11, because it takes us literally that long to get there and get set up. But we're talking along the way. And I was telling him, you know, something that, because Trent and I come from two totally different backgrounds. That's right. And uh, and we're, you know, I consider him one of my closest friends uh, for what we have in Jesus and our love for people. Mm -hmm. But... I was saying, you know, when I was a kid and, and Phil, which the movie's well documented now, so I don't have to tell you all that story. But, you know, when you're looking around and there's chaos, and of course, this was before y'all were Christians, you know, I guess that was my phenomenon, vulnerable phenomenon. So That's I it. just said, basically, to heck with all them, I'll just do my own thing. And so it kind of made me real shy. I was telling you, my biggest problem, what to overcome was being really shy. Yeah. And and kind of self-righteous, you know, right. so which it comes to you in various forms. It plays out in different ways. I tell Lisa's been on our podcast and told she was sexually abused mm-hmm. as a child mm-hmm. and what that built into her, her with her vulnerable host uh, situation right. was a dis, but one is a dishonesty. 
yeah. se- keeping of yeah. secrets because you couldn't. And the second one was how she thought her purpose was mm. with men mm-hmm. as opposed to her real purpose, who God made her, who she was. And so she didn't figure that out till she was 33 years old. So obviously we went through a long time oh, absolutely. of trying to figure that out before exactly. she understood that. So yeah, well, we, we can speak directly. Well, know. Trent and I were talking and I basically said, you know, I was counseled. Because Trent was kind of questioning me, like, well, when did you come to realize that? You know, and really I thought about, I didn't say this this morning, but I want to say it now. I thought about, and, and for what you do, I thought about John 14, when Jesus said in verse 16, this is right before, it's kind of the same place we're at in Luke, where he, he's he's fixing to go die and be buried and right. resurrected. He had just predicted Peter's betrayal. But it says, I will ask the Father, because he was saying, I'll, I'm going away. And he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Amen. But somewhere, you know, I told you about two years after I came to Christ when I was 14, I kind of had that conclusion that I thought being a Christian was not doing wrong. Yep. And I was kind of bitter and had a chip on my shoulder and exalted myself where in every, every uh, time I didn't do something wrong, I thought, well, I'm better. You know, sure. I'm better than these other weak, you know, but that's a million miles away yeah. from the grace of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it was only setting myself up for a miserable life. Right. And but, we, we talked, I talked about that in my sermon Sunday, cause I did the, the parable of the sons yeah, yeah. and Jason, yeah. I, him be Ivan, the older brother and he's the younger brother, but in the story we're flipped. We were actually were. That's what the point right. I was getting sure. to. Yeah. But Which I was, didn't want to hijack your story. So when did that going back to, to your childhood. Yeah. So before we do that, let's take our last break. Yeah, so so that vulnerable host phenomenon thing, sometimes when I'm when I'm talking about that concept to our students at CCU, I reference, you know, our our pain relief seeking compulsion, like human beings are designed to seek relief from pain. And like we were saying, I think most of us understand that regarding physical pain, but much less intuitive and much more difficult to to understand is how we seek relief from emotional pain. And you were talking about Lisa's experience or Jace, Mm -hmm. even some of yours. And so if I'm in a church and I ask the audience, how do you seek relief from emotional pain? I get answers like most of your audience is thinking about right now. They say, oh, Trent, you pray about it. Or you talk with somebody you love and trust about it. You dig into God's word. And those are all great answers. And they're right. That's exactly how you relieve emotional pain. But what if something hurts you emotionally when you're five years old yeah. you know, or seven years old or 12 years old? Um, that early in life, praying about or studying the Bible about or talking to a trusted other about what hurts me. Um, none of us had developed our way, uh, developed ourselves to that point yet. Yeah. And so the answer to how you relieve emotional pain is you don't know until you learn. And that makes you vulnerable to learning things that ease the pain that actually cause more of it right. long term. And so that's the vulnerable host phenomenon. I, I, would, I do want to tell the story about the guys that developed this theory. Mm-hmm. So there were two... Um, 
surgeons, bariatric surgeons, um, about 40 years ago in the late 1980s. And they were running the San Diego Department of Preventive Medicine's weight loss program. And um, these, these doctors realized that the patients they were treating who were most successful in their weight loss program were also the most likely to drop out. And so it was this paradoxical discovery and these doctors could not understand why in the world are the people who are the best performers in our weight loss program also the most likely to drop out. So they interviewed uh, 200 of the patients that had dropped out. And what they discovered is that of those 200 patients, like 95% had endured at least one adverse experience in childhood. Most had endured two or more. Hmm. And so the, the way this works, I sometimes tell this fictional story. Um, let's say I was raised in a family and both my parents worked. And let's say I'm 10 years old. And when I get home from school, I'm by myself. And so I'm kind of snacking around, you know, just passing the time before my parents get home. But let's say one day I'm in the fourth grade and I get bullied really, really badly that day. And I am watching the clock tick, just desperate to get on the bus and head home. And finally, after what feels like an eternity, the end of the school day bell rings. I get on the bus. Some kids are bullying me on the bus. Finally, I get off the bus. I get to my house. I slam the front door behind me and I take a deep breath, feeling peace for the first time that day. Mm -hmm. And like every fourth grader, when he gets home from school, I'm a little bit hungry. So let's say I go to the cupboard. And I open it up and I find one of Dr. T's favorite indulgences, a honey bun. (laughs) I used to eat them by the box. They're good. They're good. They're bad. (laughs) They're so good. They're Um, so good. They're bad. That's right. And so let's say I eat one. Okay. So in that moment, I get the expected primary benefit of satisfaction of my hunger. Mm. But in that moment, I get an unexpected, much more powerful secondary benefit. And as my body metabolizes the simple sugar in the honey bun and releases it into my bloodstream, it crosses the blood-brain barrier. My brain releases the neurochemicals dopamine and serotonin. And as my brain releases those chemicals... The secondary benefit I get that's really pronounced is a little bit of an easing of the emotional pain I felt that day because of the bullying. Yeah. And so this particular day, I don't just eat one honey bun. I blow through the whole box. Yeah. I've had those moments. (laughs) And you guys know me well. You know, I've had a lot of those moments. (laughs) But in this specific example, the reason that I eat all those honey buns is not because I'm that hungry. It's because I'm hurt that bad. Mm, Yeah. And my brain in that moment has learned eating a honey bun eases the emotional pain. Mm-hmm. So my parents get home. I go to bed. I wake up the next day kind of dreading school. And I walk in the door to my school building. And all those bullies are standing right there. And they start saying mean, hurtful things to me again. And I re-experience that familiar emotional pain that I had lived through the day before. But this day, something really strange happens. As they're bullying me, all of a sudden I feel a little bit hungry Mm. and I get the taste of something in my mouth, Mm. a honey bun. And so what, what happened in this example is that my 
brain learned a honey bun eased emotional pain. And so when I feel emotional pain again, my brain triggers me to crave the thing that it knows eases emotional pain, which in this specific example is a honey bun. And this is what Dr. Felitti and Dr. Anda, those two doctors who were working in the San Diego Department of Preventive Medicine's weight loss clinic, discovered mm. that the people they were treating were using food to ease the pain of adverse experiences that they had lived through. Mm. And as people in their weight loss program lost weight and improved, their pain became inflamed and they yeah. dropped out of the program. Wow. Yeah. So these guys started treating underlying emotional pain yep. and stopped treating weight gain and almost spontaneously hmm. uh, healed people's obesity and and in, in so doing also healed their underlying emotions. You could emotions. probably apply that same principle to so much of what people struggle with. Helen, exactly right. I mean, because you, when you said that about releasing those in the brain. Well, the older you get, it goes on from honey buns to drugs and porn. Well, and, and drugs are exactly another right. thing. Whatever it is. You're exactly right. That is linked to that. You're exactly right. Your story right. was one thing. Of course, there are so many struggling with that. But you could apply that to any struggle. That's exactly right. I, I've worked with so many people that just hate themselves because they just can't find the strength of will to stop eating or stop using drugs or stop looking at pornography. Right. And it, it really isn't about the power of will. It's about healing the underlying pain that causes my brain to seek pain relief in those methods mm -hmm. to begin with. And so uh, for sure, the most transformational, most healing, uh, most life-giving, growth-promoting force in the universe is Jesus Christ. All right. Which is why what we're talking about today is so important for, for people who are really locked in a compulsive, pain-relief-seeking cycle. Jesus Christ is where we really need to look to heal our underlying pain. And so that's, that's my story, you know, in a nutshell, is yeah. I went through some childhood trauma, and first, the first time I used drugs was in the fourth grade. I was 10 years old. And because of the trauma I lived through, when I use drugs for the first time, I get the primary anticipated benefit of euphoria yeah. because of the psychoactive substance in the drug. Yeah. But I get a far more powerful, unexpected secondary benefit, which is the easing of the emotional pain that yeah. I felt. And so my brain from that moment on, every time I thought about something that hurt me, I endured pain or even the pain I experienced because of the drugs I was using themselves. Yeah. Drug use is a very pain inducing, shame inducing uh, lifestyle. And so they in and of themselves become the thing that hurts me, that influences me to want to seek pain relief. So unfortunately, man, that went fast. Uh, we're out of time for this podcast. Uh, we are going to make Trent back for the next podcast as well. So we'll continue with not only his story, but also some of the things that uh, he's learned from that and from what he's uh, also doing in his professional career. But I want to hear more about where the drugs led you in your life. So we'll talk about that a little bit in our overtime. So if you want to hear more about Trent's story, blazetv.com slash unashamed uh, is where you go to get that. So we'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, 
Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.